Hallelujah. Redeemed. And he set me free. And it's because. Oh, just because. He's gone. Amen. Let's give him a hand. Come up for praise this morning. Hallelujah. Because he's God. He's my God. He's my Savior. He's my King. He's my Lord. Amen. There's none like him. How wonderful he is. Bless his holy name. Amen. What a day to come together and worship him. Because he's God. He's God over, he's Lord over every situation, every problem. Amen. Every sickness, every disease, every Everything that you could go through, he's Lord over it this morning. And he wants to show himself as Lord to you. Amen. Amen. I'll tell you, I sometimes feel like we're just walking right in a vision. Just walking right in the very will and vision and mind of God. Hallelujah. Isn't it wonderful just to be in his presence? And just to know you're in his will and you're walking right in that vision of his plan for your life. It's the predestinated mystery of his will. Amen. What a privilege it is. Amen. Looking out, seeing the different ones that are here this morning, all the home folks. Good to see you again. Be back together with you. We were away last Sunday. See the different ones that are here. Brother Kirkman, Sister Amanda, God bless you. Nice to have you. And the Wheelers back here and the Andrews family. Amen. And Sister Wilson, God bless you. Each one, the Lord knows every need and every situation. And he, as, as I said, we're walking right in the vision. Brother Ron Spencer just wrote me as I came out of the office. And he said, uh, Sister Priscilla was singing exactly what he's preaching tonight. Be not afraid. Amen. And so, you know, sometimes you don't know who you're ministering to. And God's using you to confirm something to another. Amen. He said, well, my thought is Jesus is on the way and nothing can stop him. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. I believe that's true for us this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. Then I heard from Sister Shalom from India. She is a little sister that's been suffering with cancer. I prayed for her the other day as I stood in the presence of God in Brother Ron's living room. Anyway, she said, I didn't take any painkillers today, brother. I'm used to take three to four per day, strong ones to stop my burns, but today I've taken none. I'm slaying the devil every day, like I told you, praising God for that. My God is still God, and I'm healed. I'm confessing this and praising him. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. God's got a bride of people around the world, and I believe he's concerned about every need. He'll hear your hearts cry. He's never too busy. He'll walk right down with throngs of people around. And when he couldn't even physically hear the cry of a blind man, there was something still touched his heart and turned him to blind Bartimaeus. 
And if you'll reach out to him this morning, he'll come right to your pew. And he'll speak to your heart and reveal himself to you. Because he's a personal God. Amen. Here to minister to you and to your needs. Let's pray. Let's talk to the Lord today. You just lift a hand to him and say, God, I need you. He'll come right to your pew today and speak to your heart, reveal himself. Amen. Bring you right in the center of his will. You're seeking the will of God for your life today. He's got the answer for it. And he'll produce it and provide it. Father, it's in the name of Jesus that we're looking to you who is the author, the finisher of our faith, the healer of every disease, Lord, the, the deliverer from every sin. We are people here today that, as we said, we're, we're walking in the vision. Lord God, looking back, seeing upon our wall there today, the, the Emmaus walk. Lord, we believe we're walking with you at this moment. May our eyes come open to your presence among us. May you do what you did then, that you just take and break the bread of life. And oh God, let us recognize you in the breaking of the bread. Lord, oh God, may you, may you Lord, as you, as you just reach there, no doubt like you might, must have done then. I don't know how it was, but somehow they knew you in the breaking of the bread. Lord, no doubt, oh God, they had seen you as you fed the 5,000. You just, you just showed yourself the inexhaustible fountain. And as you, as you just pulled one part off, there was another part right there to give. Lord, you, because you are Jehovah Jireh, you are the provider. You are God that is more than enough. You're the one who does exceeding abundantly above that which we're able to think or ask. And we're just asking God, you reveal yourself to us. Lord, in the manner, the way that you did in the Bible, in the Word of God. Lord, we're tired of cold theology. We're tired of just canned sermons and, oh God, some preacher out bringing sermonettes. We want to hear from you today. We want your word, Lord, to live among us. Father, what good is the word if it doesn't live? Lord, what good is the message if it doesn't change lives, if it doesn't heal sickness? Lord, what good is an open book if it's less power than when it was closed? Lord, we know, oh God, it's an open book with every promise open to us today. It opens all the way, oh God, no matter where we are. We're under the sound of my voice. Lord, whereas it reaches across the world, down into far nations and moves right down in little homes where they're listening right now, I pray, God, you'll minister every heart, Lord. Call your bride to the attention of the Word today and make the Word real to their hearts. It's in Jesus' name we ask it. And we thank you for your goodness, Lord. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. If you'll turn with me to Revelation 5 and verse 1, we certainly heard of the wonderful, not only heard, but experienced with you the wonderful outpouring of the Holy Spirit last Sunday as the Lord just moved among you and, of course, was here for Wednesday night. And so isn't God good to us to give us so many blessings? We're not deserving of them, but he gives them anyway. Amen. His mercy endures forever. It's new every morning. Amen. And here we are 
approaching the 12 o'clock hour and going to be moving into the afternoon now. And so uh, as we, as we um, read from the, the Bible, let's just accept something from the Word of God today. And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the backside sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice saying, who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? And, and no man in heaven nor in earth, neither under the earth was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And I wept much because no man was found worthy to open, to read the book, neither to look thereon. And one of the elders said to me, weep not, behold the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue, and people, and nation, and has made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. God bless you. You can have your seats. I'm going to take a few moments today and um, just to kind of um, bring you up to what we were doing last week. As you know, most of you know I was with Brother Ron Spencer in um, Elkton, Virginia. He lives in the little town of Grottoes, and, and, um, but the church is in Elkton. And, and uh, as, you, as you know, that some of the sermons that I spoke here and that I even spoke to him while I was, while I was preaching those sermons here, and I, I went there to and personally addressed him and his church and um, really, this, this trip was reminiscent of the trip that I made uh, some 12 years ago when uh, he lay dying uh, after a propane torch accident and was burned severely and uh, laid there in a coma for um, nearly three weeks. And, and, um, and, then, and then, of course, they would pronounce him brain dead and... and um, and was uh, was just within hours of uh, planning. Uh, they were planning to within just hours, within five hours, to uh, harvest his organs, as he was an organ donator. And so, um, and of course, we saw God come on the scene in a very miraculous way, and raise him up from that condition. And um, but I, you know, again, it was reminiscent of that trip that I made some twelve years ago. I've been wanting to go there and to be with Brother Ron uh, Spencer and his church and the family there and feeling the urge, but just not knowing when. You know, it's um, a lot of times you can feel um, an urge to do something and, and the Lord moving on your heart, but you want to do it at the right time. And so, um, 
you know, I just didn't know when to go. There was several different times where he went for tests for the, the um, cancer and would be receiving news and so on like that. And there were several opportunities to go. Brother Joe Green actually came from North Carolina, went with him to those, those times. And that was very, very wonderful of him to, to be there and support Brother Ron and his family at that time. But, um, you know, again, I didn't know when I was to go. I was just feeling the, the urge to go. And Brother Timothy encouraged me by saying, you know, uh, once again, go now, um, you know, because that's what he did the last time when I was telling him I was feeling led to go, but I just didn't know when, and I was at the barn uh, doing chores, uh, if you remember 12 years ago, the, the story of it, and Brother Timothy said, go now, Dad, and I said, today? I said, I'm not through doing chores. He said, we'll take care of them. You just get mom and y'all head out, and of course, we would we would jump in the car just, a, just within an hour or so and, and leave out and go all day and, and stop for the night and go the next day because it's about 18, 20-hour drive. And um, so this time again, um, Brother Timothy was coming back home from Missouri from a meeting on Monday, and he said, and said, Dad, um, I feel the same way. It's, it's now time for you to go. And I said, well, you know, it, it, that's great, son, for you to know when to go, for me to go, but I, I really need to know, you know, when I, I need to go. And, and uh, so I just, you know, went to, back to prayer about it and thinking of it and considering it. And, and uh, you know, God just miraculously gave us tickets to go that was very reasonable to go to, um, to, to fly into Charlottesville, Virginia. And uh, my wife went along on a companion uh, ticket, so she went free. And, and um, so, you know, uh, let me just say that we had a, there were just so many, many supernatural moments. It's just difficult to tell all of them or recall all of them perfectly. But just um, signs uh, from God and words of encouragement. See, ever since I heard of the attack on Brother Ron, I... I've been praying diligently for him. I heard it actually the day after Christmas. And um, I, had, I had been like Joshua looking at, the, like looking at the walls of Jericho. And, you know, the enemy's walled off. How do I get to him? How do we, how do we here's, here's one of our ministers um, that has been attacked. And what can I do? How, 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 do, we, how do we get to that enemy? That is, that we've got to break through that wall. And, um, you know, Brother Branham told us, um, he said, it's one of the most marvelous things I've seen in my life. One of the greatest hours of my life is when I get up against a wall that I can't get over or under it or around it. That's right. And then I trust God and he opens the way. And I go through the thing. God takes you through it. And then you come out on the other side. It's like Samson, when... He killed the lion, and he got the sweetest honey he ever got out of that old carcass of that lion. And he said, sometimes if you overcome something by the grace of God, it'll be one of the sweetest things you ever tasted of in your life. You know spiritually what I'm speaking of. 
And of course, you know, um, we, on the 1st of February, we had Brother Matt Watkins here. Uh, he was speaking our youth banquet. And, um, and then on, and on February the 2nd, he spoke here for us on Sunday. And his message was just a really timely message of God before us is what he ministered on. If you hadn't heard it, yeah, then you got a responsibility to go hear what God said to us. And he, um, not having it in his notes, you know, I, I, and of course I'm praying and asking God, you know, for every, every way for him to speak to me. And um, he, he just, he said, it wasn't, it's not my notes, but you know, I just felt led, felt led to bring in about Jericho and those walls and, and being walled off. And he says, you know, he just said, don't look for a, um, a new way for God to use you, but use what God has already given you and take what's in your hand. And he used just different examples of Shamgar and, and uh, you know, Samson and so on like that, that men, David with a little sling that he used what was you know, the way that God used him. And he told us over again, we can't go back. We're in a place we must go forward. And we must start from where we're at. And um, so, you know, uh, this was very, very important to me because um, I had been praying and just uh, seeking the Lord. I said, God, and my wife can tell you that, um, you know, that uh, there wouldn't be a night that went by that I didn't pray and say, Lord, Somehow speak to me. So I'm looking to hear your voice. I, you know, I, I'm not prone to visions. But you said old, old men would dream dreams and young men will see visions. And I said, so I didn't have many visions when, you know, any visions when I was just a, a young man. So you can make up for lost time for me as an old man. But somehow to speak to me. And, um, you know, so I was, I was praying that way as... As, uh, there's about three ways that the Lord uses to speak to me in, and that is in dreams and then in his voice, audible voice that I've heard on numerous occasions. And, and then, of course, um, other times where that um, just experience where, where song comes right out of heaven to me. And uh, when, when, I'm, when I'm asleep and I wake up hearing from that heavenly realm, and um, so, you know, I, I, I was hearing from brother, uh, brother, um, uh, brother Matt saying, you know, don't look for a new way for God to speak to you. Just look for the way that God uses you. And so, you know, those, those things I was just took in my heart. And as you know, brother Ron, brother Timothy, brother George and I were to go to Japan and to, to the Philippines and and uh, not, uh, feeling led not to go at this time because of Brother Ron's illness and then the coronavirus uh, that has affected our meetings. It wasn't that, you know, that we can't travel. It's that many of the people that were going to meet us from India and Indonesia and other places that were gathering that their countries wouldn't let them to travel without being quarantined. And it, some of them had actually, I understand, you know, refused their visas and so on. And, and uh, so they, we couldn't have the people that were going to gather with us in Japan. So I decided to put it off. And right now, tentatively, we're going in June. That's um, still tentatively. We're, we're just praying the Lord will, you know, open the, the door or whatever he wants done. So instead of going to, to Japan um, and flying out there, 
we, my wife and I flew to Charlottesville to be with Brother Ron Spencer. And um, we arrived there on Thursday, and Brother Ron and, and Sister Connie, Brother Matthew was there to greet us. It was just an emotional time as Brother Ron didn't know I was coming, and they had brought him up to there. Brother Matthew had told him, said, well, I've got a, a, an appointment here. We got to go to the to the airport, so they went and hung around for a little while and went to the airport, and he said, what are you going here for? He said, well, it's for a meeting with the TSA. Well, that happens to be Tim's secret agency. <laughs> so, you know, so, you know, as, as I walked out, you know, Brother Ron was not expecting me, and he just grabbed me and wept on my shoulder. It was like we were there alone as hundreds of people just walked by, and we were just oblivious to everybody around. He had prayed that morning. He says, God, I need a boost. And um, so, you know, we, when, when we had heard of his diagnosis, which is um, uh, mastitis, um, melanoma cancer, and it uh, went to his lungs, and uh, it usually starts, melanoma usually starts in the skin somewhere and moves to other organs, and when it does, you know, if it moves from, from, from there, from just the surface of the skin, that stage one goes deeper, stage two, stage three, it goes to lymph node, stage four, it goes to lung or another organ. And so, you know, we'd heard of his diagnosis, and uh, Brother Donnie Reagan um, texted me about it, and he said, Brother Tim, I'm just heartbroken about it. And I said, well, you know, I'm headed to um, Charlottesville tomorrow, so I said, why don't you just meet me there, and we'll double up on the devil. You know, I figure, you know, one will put 1,000 to flight, and two will put 10,000. So we went to the airport, and went from the airport to the Spencer home. Brother Donnie and Sister Carol had arrived and had been led in their home, would have been waiting there. But, um, you know, as we visited and talked, and, and whatever, um, you know, we had a Friday that we were going to be together, and I didn't know how things were going to transpire. I just knew I wanted the right atmosphere and the right moment and, you know, the right time, just be right in the vision. I, I didn't know exactly how this was going to be. And, uh, but Brother Ron wasn't going to wait for another day for prayer. No, no, no. He wasn't going to wait till Friday when we had all day and, you know, I kind of envisioned talking and, and going over the scriptures and spending the, the day with him and having prayer, but no, he wasn't going to wait for another day. And, um, you know, he, was, he wasn't like Pharaoh, who um, when, when he was asked, you know, when do you want the frogs to leave? He said, well, tomorrow. And so he, he was willing to spend another night with the frogs. And so, but he wasn't like Pharaoh. He said, I want prayer right now. And I, so I, I said, okay, right now? He said, right now. I said, well, we got all day tomorrow to be together. He said, no, right now. And I said, okay. I said, then, and then, uh, you know, I immediately began to just break into the scriptures, going through the word, showing divine healing and its promises and that it's God's will to heal and, and he heals all diseases and, and, and just going right down to the scriptures for the next uh, 
um, 20 minutes, half an hour or so, and, and um, the atmosphere came right, and the Holy Spirit dropped down. And, uh, and I, because I was talking of healing and deliverance, and I said, you know, Brother Ron, I've been right here at this very place with others where God delivered others who were dying. As I was in the room with Brother Gary Stanky, and, and Brother Timothy had texted me, we're writing another book of Acts. And I was there in a moment in a time where he was a dying man. And to see the Holy Spirit just turn that whole situation around. In fact, that's the reason this church was built. Was on, on the very things that he breathed from his very heart. When, that he asked me to do, and we couldn't do at the other location. And, and then I knew I had a mandate from God. And I just tell you, just, I'm, I'm just going to tell you that, that blessings of God, where well, we have come here, we bought this land, we never paid a, uh, paid a dime of interest, we never borrowed money, we paid cash for it, we paid cash for the whole building, we never borrowed a cent on anything, God provided everything every time we needed it. And, and right now, I'll just go ahead and announce it to you. This, this next week, I'm signing the papers on the sale of our old buildings there behind us. And, and all of that will be behind us. God has blessed us every way, miracle after miracle after miracle. You know why? Because he's El Shaddai. He is more than enough. And I just want you to know for whatever your need is, amen, no matter if you're overseas, over in India, or wherever you are, or South Africa, or where you're listening, let me tell you, he's more than enough. He's El Shaddai. Amen. You can, you can know this God is a God that heals and delivers and sets free and provides. You're worried about your finances or things today. Don't worry about it no more. You've got a God that's in control. Amen. Also, you know, Brother Ron himself was dying from the burns. I remind him of that. Brother Kenneth, when the doctors called the family in and said he was dying, his son Brian was called from Montana to, Montana to the bedside of his dying father. And that was Sunday. And... Uh, you know, we went in there with the ministry here and prayed for him that day and asked him what he wanted. He said, well, I want to be in church for the October meetings. He was there Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Amen. The dying man still, ain't, still is not dead. He's still alive. The devil told him he would die before Christmas. The devil told him he'd die before New Year's. The devil told him he, he, he would die before his, his granddaughter got married. He's facing a birthday here in a couple of days. The devil no doubt told, whispered in his ears, you won't live to your birthday. But he's still living, devil. And the devil's still a liar. Amen. The ladies were in, a, in an adjoining room, and they came in as we was about to pray. I just want you to know the Holy Spirit came down and anointed us. We prayed and cursed that demon of cancer and for his immune system to be anointed to seek out and to destroy this cancer. Amen. I want you to notice how we prayed. 
Amen. And Brother Donnie began to intercede in the spirit as tongues from a heavenly language began flowing from his mouth. And we were charged by the Holy Ghost and we demanded that evil spirit to leave his body. It was just a very powerful and anointed moment. And as I concluded in prayer, I, I looked up on the, the wall um, there and um, you know, as I, as I looked up on the wall there, there was a, um, a, a, in big letters over his office door in this room right here. If, you, as, if you'd look, it would have been, um, it it would have been there right over his door. It's been wrote in big letters, Shalom. And, and as I looked at that, I thought of this little sister, Shalom, from India, who's contacted me for prayer and and, and, you know, that we have written to and corresponded with and tried to, you know, encourage. And I began to pray for her. And as I did, I began to contemplate on that name Shalom and what it means, peace, peace. And I began to speak peace. And I began to speak peace over Brother Ron over and over again. Peace, peace. It was very reminiscent. When I was at youth camp and looked deep in the eyes of that demon-possessed boy. And there, that boy still walking in deliverance today. Amen. Amen. But I looked down in his eyes and began to speak peace to him, a demon-possessed boy. There, after, after a long time of, of different ones praying with him and spoke peace to that and that enemy left that, and all of a sudden that voice, he just dropped. And he said, I, and a look, a different look come over his face. He says, I'm free. I'm free. That spirit is gone. Amen. And I began to speak peace over Brother Ron. And a spirit of oppression that has haunted him for weeks left him. Right there at that moment, and peace came over him. And we believe he is healed. Amen. Now, that don't mean he won't have another battle, but rather the healing is a process. Amen. I preached for, to his church on Saturday night who had believed our report. Because we've heard the doctor's reports. But who has believed God's report? And I began to preach on what Jesus did at Calvary and, and, and the scapegoat and, and the redemption and the dual atonement for the healing for the body and salvation for the soul. And Sunday night I spoke on our redemptive rights. And then, and then um, uh, you know, then that Saturday night um, after the meeting, I, uh, I found out I was ministering to Japanese and I didn't even know I was going to be ministering to Japanese. Little sister Angela Senior um, talked, uh, told us about a, uh, in, a, in a testimony the next day, said of um, Dr. Yu, who is originally from Tokyo, Japan. He's been in the U.S. for 25 years. He's an international correspondence affairs professor, has several Ph.D. titles, and, uh, he, and so he is alumni of uh, Penn State and has taught three classes. And she was one, you know, had taken uh, her graduate studies as he was one of the professors. And as a philosopher, he always shared, you must have scientific evidence to prove anything. 
And so, um, anyway, they, they had their in-year in review, and, um, you know, she, she took the liberty then, it, the classes are over, so she said, uh, she shared that contradictory to many opinions that the supernatural occurred several times in history without scientific understanding. And so she used several examples in the Bible, like knowing the ark, regardless of scientific proof. It rained 40 days and 40 nights. God shut the door, not Noah. Another example was, was um, Joshua and the sun standing still. And, and um, so he, he asked the question, well, when, when scientific research says that there had to be movement, how, how could this be? And she said, I don't know, just God did it. It just, I just know it happened. And so, um, she, before she left, uh, she told him, said, I'm going down to Elkton, um, Virginia, to where special friends or church family would be, and said, I, I shared a YouTube link, and express you should check that link, because you'll be blessed and encouraged. And so, during the service, she starts getting, her phone starts vibrating, and she said, I knew it, it must be urgent, as my family I, I knew I was at church. So, I, she checked her phone, and it was this Dr. Yu, and um, he had decided to check out the YouTube link, and there I was preaching about Joshua stopping the sun, and we don't have to know how God did it, we just know he did it. We don't have to figure out how he did it. We just know that God stopped the sun. You say, well, was it the light that God stopped, or how did it happen, or why didn't the earth fall, or did the, earth, the, the sun don't move, the earth is what moves? I said, don't make it, no difference how you figure it happened. All we know is that light remained there until the enemy was conquered. And so, as I was preaching that, this man came under conviction, was overwhelmed by a presence that came into the room, and he immediately gave his heart to the Lord. Amen. <laughs> he was just thankful that the Lord understood him as he had never prayed, and she, he asked, what should I do next? And she replied, be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and so... You know, as you know, I was supposed to be leaving to minister to Japan, but God had other plans and sent me on a mission. And while there, God saved a Japanese professor. This is an incredible miracle. Amen. This is our God at work. At the time we were praying, right there within the same hours as we was praying, um, uh, for Brother Ron, Brother Jason Jackson, not knowing we were there, not knowing we were having prayer for him, knew nothing about our visit there or what we were, or that we were praying at that time. And the Lord speaks to him, and he writes a note, puts the date and the time, and, and, and he, the note says, Brother Ron, fear not, don't doubt, I have not forgotten my promise to you. If you'll trust me, I'll use you like never before. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. I asked Brother Ron how he was feeling this morning. He said, feeling awesome, buddy. Cough, gums, step one, and a big one. I'm going to preach tonight. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. 
I just want to tell you a few of, the, of, of some of the events. As you know, I had been praying to the Lord about earnestly for a visitation from him, looking at these walls. It was like I felt like, like Joshua before Jericho. You remember on the, on the last Sunday of um, December, and, and this, this caused me to preach what I did. You know, of, uh, of, as I was with Moses, so will I be with you. And be strong and be very courageous. Remember that sermon title that I preached. And, and it was because I was looking at some of these walls and some of these things. And, and praying to God, Lord, somehow you speak to me. I don't care. You know, just, just do it. You said you would... Pour out your spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your, your old men will dream dreams. Young men will see vision. And um, so, you know, I, looking at that, uh, on that Sunday night after I ministered, I had a very, very vivid dream. Now, you know, God doesn't, like I said, give me visions. Like I said, I've had songs in the night. Out of, uh, out of heaven that woke me up during the night. I've had audible voice of God speak to me a number of times. When, you know, here recently, when, um, uh, you know, when the doctor announced that, uh, that, again, that Brother Kenneth was dying. This has just been a little while ago, just um, here recently, that his heart had failed. And that open heart surgery, this was in November, and that his heart had failed in open heart surgery. It was his only chance for survival. And so they were contemplating doing open heart. He was going in to see if they would do that. And the doctors had turned him down and, you know, just said, another heart attack, you're gone, you're history. And uh, they put in, what, 30 stents, 29, 30? Uh, yeah, how many? 32 stents in him. He's, he's a record. He's probably a bionic man. And so, anyway, they've had that many stents that's been his heart. And, um, and, and I was praying on a Wednesday morning. I got up and I said, God, we're at a showdown. I said, something's got to happen. I said, uh, you know, Kenneth, is, he's reached a place. Medically, they can do no, nothing for him. So we're at a showdown. If you don't do something, he's going to die. So what are you going to do about it? And I was just talking to the Lord, you know, what are you going to do about it? And I, the voice of God came rushing back from the heavens. And he said, I've already done my part. Now what are you going to do about it? We had him come down that night, and we anointed him with oil and rebuked that spirit, and he's still living today. That was November. Now, I know, you know, you can't be led by dreams, and especially symbolic dreams. You know, Joseph, the husband of Mary, had a dream that didn't need interpreting because there was no prophet in the land. And, and I caution you against uh, trying to follow every dream. You follow the word, right? Amen. And so um, we know Pharaoh had a symbolic dream that needed a prophet to interpret. Um, Daniel also did for Nebuchadnezzar. For, for Pharaoh, it was seven healthy fat cows that were eaten up by seven lean cows. 
And, and then seven ears of corn, fat and good, eaten up by seven thin ears. And this meant there would be seven years of plentiful harvest, eaten up by seven years of famine. But it took a prophet to interpret that. And we remember Brother Branham had a friend whose name was Bill Hall. He was pastor of his church in Milltown, Indiana. And he came down with cancer. It was liver cancer. He was dying. They asked Brother Branham to come down, and he advised him to go to the doctor. He said, I don't have a word from the Lord, but I got a, a good doctor friend. And he called him up for him personally, asked him to see this man. And he said, well, I, you know, let me just look at the x-rays. And he said, there's nothing I can do. He said, it's cancer of the liver. Send him over to Louisville to a certain doctor. And that doctor looked at uh, everything and sent him home to die and said, you know, you're jaundice. You're, you um, have had this now for five months, and you're, you're dying man. You, you're a preacher. You must be ready to go. And um, there's nothing can be done. And so Brother Branham here gets the report even from the doctor, his doctor friend, and said, you know, your, your friend is going to cross over in four days. In four days. I don't give him four days. And so he goes and tells the man's wife, the man's you know, Brother Hall's going to die. And, and, you know, the doctors have said four days, and the Lord hasn't given me any word. So, you know, we all got to go sometime. And she started crying. And, and a few days later, he was, he was up early, going to go out hunting that morning. And as he walked through the kitchen, he looked, and he saw on the wall a, a, a wormy, green, green wormy, not-eating, naughty apple. And... Um, and, and he looked there and he said, why would me to put that on the wall? And, and, and then he realized he was seeing a vision and he quickly jerked his hat off and stood there and he saw five of them drop down one after another. And um, then he said he saw a beautiful, healthy looking apple that um, came along, chomp, 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 and, and ate them all up. And um, he looked at that and said, you know, five months he's been sick. That's represented by the worm-eating apples. You know, but God's, God has shown me God's going to heal him. And God healed the man, raised him up. And um, so, you know, sometimes things happen in symbolic form. And on Sunday night, I, I saw um, some young but mature buzzards. This is very strange. But I saw these young mature buzzards there. I didn't count them, but there was about 12 of them. Looked like they just left the nest, but hadn't learned to fly. And there was a, and, and I was taking them and, and moving them one by one into a pen of pigs. And these pigs were just eating these buzzards up, just, you know, as fast as I would put them in. I could see the guts, the gore, the everything, you know, as they just shredded these buzzards apart. And um, so, you know, I, I had been listening to the greatest battle ever fought. And there was a statement Brother Branham made there that had stood out to me. He said um, that uh, there was a man that, uh, that or a woman that was dying with with cancer or situation. She was in a dying condition anyway. She, and the, and uh, the Lord appeared to her husband in a dream. And he came back with a dream, and he thought it was jokey. And he said, come to find out it was the very answer to his wife's healing, how the Holy Spirit did deal. 
So Monday now, I have a day of fellowship. I preached all day long to Brother Ron about the promises of healing and went over, you know, about, you know, our rights as a believer, our legal rights, our, all of these things, and just spent the day in the Word with him. On Tuesday morning, we were to go to the hospital and to find out the news and the treatment plans. And, um, and then we were to fly out uh, at home on 2.40 in the afternoon. And uh, so that, that just, I didn't know that he would be going for this appointment before I left. But the Lord just arranged it so I could be there with him. And in the middle of the night, in the middle of the night, I had an experience of waking up. And I, I heard the song being sung. I was singing it, Bob, but whatever it was being sung as I, as I came to. And I heard it as, as I was there awake. We shall see miracles. We shall see giants fall. We shall walk on water. And so... You know, I, I got up that morning and uh, was greeted by Sister Connie as I poured the water into the coffee pot. And I, I, she asked how our night was. And I, and I said, well, ours was fine. And I said, but if it's any consolation to you, I woke up during the night singing or hearing the song. Uh, I said, really, I don't know if I was singing or whether I was hearing it, but it was saying, we shall see miracles. And she, was, she started crying. She burst into tears. And she said, Brother Tim, we were up at 2.30 in the morning. I was back in the bathroom. And this is on the backside of the house with several rooms between us. No way that you could hear. We had a fan going on in our room where you couldn't hear anything, any noise that was going on. We had, a, we had a fan for noisemaker, and, and she says, I was singing that, I just started singing a song, We Shall See Miracles, Went real softly to myself, We Shall See Giants Fall, We'll Walk on Water. And so it just confirmed it to her. We started on the way to the doctor to discuss his plan, and uh, I was riding along, and all of a sudden a dream come back to me. I told my wife about it the night before. And a dream came back to me of seeing those buzzards and feeding those buzzards to pigs. And all of a sudden, it just came to me that Brother Branham told us, and it's the first, I think it's the first place in diseases and afflictions, the first search on buzzards. He said, in a cancer, uh, in the natural, in the spiritual, he's a devil. He types a scavenger and a buzzard. He eats dead things. So, uh, now, I, you know, all of a sudden I knew this dream had some significance. And brother, I told Brother Ron, I said, them buzzards, they were cancers. And I was feeding them to pigs. Yeah. And so, you know, then, and then I was puzzled why, of what the pigs meant. So I was kind of silent for the next ride into, into the doctors. And then sitting in the, in the hospital, and I was searching, scanning through a Nearly 200 quotes on pigs. I couldn't find a clue in the sermons. But, well, you know, what? But when the doctors was talking about treatments and using immunotherapy, I did, a, I did an internet search on cancer and immunotherapy in pigs. 
and found that they developed this immunotherapy using small pigs like I saw in the dream. In fact, the matter is, I just read a, a document on it said porcine cancer models, the value of pig cancer models of, of obviously depends on how faithfully they represent human disease. Porcine um, cancer biology is still a new field, but indications are that pigs can correctly mimic human cancers. And so, you know, they, they were being fed to pigs and the pigs were gobbling them up. And there was about 12 of them. And I fed them one, about a dozen, I fed them to about a dozen pigs, one by one, just see them chopping them up. Now, there's to be about 12 treatments, and after then, he will have a PET scan. And I'm asking you to agree with me and believe with me for this PET scan. It's going to come back all clear, completely well. Amen. Now, this is all biblical. You know, in the Bible, legions of devils were cast out of a man and went into pigs. And the pigs then took them devils to the sea and drowned them. Amen. And as far as the man, he was restored to his family healthy and well. Amen. So we got scriptural evidence. Amen. Amen. Now, Brother Branham said in the uncertain sound, he said, now, don't teach this. But you know, in the beginning, when God made him, he didn't make him to be doctored. He had his own doctrine in him. Remember, I prayed that God would anoint his immune system. And he was equipped. He was a unit of his own. Then healing does not come from any outside resource. It comes from the inside. Now, we can take the outside aid, such as to kill germs or whatever it is in us, or we can take our hands and cut on each other and make, take a piece out or something like that, an appendix, a bad tooth or something, take it out. But healing does not come from anything you apply. Healing only comes by the power that's within yourself to build back the tissue that's been torn from the place that's been taken out of. Therefore, healing is in you. Now, now, I'm going to conclude as we come down here. We were, we were contacted again by this sister Angela because on the, that, I, I believe it was on Tuesday morning, that she received a phone call. And she received a phone call from a, an elite executive sales director um, who is Catholic by faith. She doesn't participate in social media, but she had a, a dream, and she clearly said she clearly saw her in that dream. So she knew she was connected somehow, and this so moved on this woman, said that she called her early in the morning, said, I saw you in a dream. And in the dream, there was a couple that was sitting on a sofa or a couch, and, this, and so the descriptions, as she described it, it matched Sister Connie and Brother Ron. There was a gentleman that was speaking to them. And um, he stated to them, you did your part, now we'll do mine. And the dream faded. 
And she began to hear a song, and she woke up hearing this song that she had never heard before. Now, she's Catholic, and she, she's, she's um, she, religiously, she's not super religious, but she starts hearing this song, and she starts humming the tune to um, Sister Angela on the phone and said it was going like this, Waymaker, Miracle Worker. Promise keeper. My God. Hallelujah. Amen. A woman who had never ever heard the song begins to hear it sung from another dimension. <laughs> Amen. Now you say, how can that be, Brother Tim? Well, because he pours out his spirit on all flesh. Amen. So therefore, as we're looking here, you, you say, well, I just can't get it, Brother Tim. It's a Catholic woman, not super religious. Let me just say, I don't care. God speaks through a donkey. Amen. Just let him speak however he wants to speak. Amen. But I say at the same time, let's get in the position where God can speak through us. Amen. Amen. God bless you. All right. Now, I hadn't even started preaching yet. Hope you're not in too big a hurry. Thank you, brother. We're going to be speaking to this, this morning on the abstract title deed. In this scene, we see a book that is sealed with seven seals. It is a book of a title, but none can claim it. It's a deed to a land, but no man is worthy who can take it. And so there steps forth a lamb who stands up to take the book. And what it contains is a title to everything that Adam lost in the fall. And, and of course, we know that originally that Adam owned the earth he was the God of the earth, and, uh, but he would forfeit the title deed to it to Satan. And, and of course, as we know that he was like an amateur God over the earth, the earth was his, everything was given to his hand, and through his fall, Satan then would become the prince of this world, and he would also become the prince of the power of atmospheres, or prince of the power of the air. And in the fall, Adam forfeited the title deed to that. He would forfeit it over to Satan. But Satan does not rightfully own the earth, and he doesn't rightfully own you. But, he, but of course, he can possess it, but it's only for a time, and it's only by permission. And, and of course, it's because that man is out of his rightful place. And so he lost the title to it, but Satan's dirty hands could not take it. So it went back in the hands of Almighty God. Now, a title is the whole evidence that gives rise to a legal right or a possession or control. And in Eden, man forfeited the title deed to the earth and to Satan. And in order to do this, and doing so, he lost the title even to his own body. 
and, and his soul. For Satan would take a hold of his body, his spirit, and the soul of man and corrupt him. And, and man was robbed of his faith, and now he would live by fear. His body, which was made to be in the image of God, was, was now uh, by a false light, by deceit. He was robbed of his health, and he was robbed of his eternal life. And he became a slave in the property of Satan. His body, which never needed medicine, never was sick, never had a headache, never a stomach problem, now became the target of demons and evil spirits, could now take up residence in the body that once only housed the Son of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And now his body was to decay, to turn gray and old and feeble until it's brought back to the dust of the earth. We'd like to point it to you to Genesis 3.17. I'll read part of verse 17. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Verse 18. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. Now sadly, not only would the land grow thorns and thistles, but man's body was also made from the dust of the ground. And that body would also grow thorns and thistles. Amen. Tormentors that would come and torment his body. Evil spirits that could now attack in what had been once an immortal body now turned mortal. And with that mortal, it would become corrupted by, by demon powers and spirits that would, and would grow now thorns and thistles, subject to disease and sickness, and even death. And of course, the man's mind, the human spirit, became corrupted. Its memory, which only remembered God's word and contained God's promise, now would become defiled. His imagination from which man's, comes man's creativity that ability to use imagination, to develop, to use, uh, or to develop new and original ideas or things became evil. Its conscience now became aware of nakedness and shame and was stripped of its purity. Its affections and feelings and desires that, were, that had been set on things above now be, became set upon temporal and sensual things well, that pass away. And man's um, power of reasoning, that power of logical thinking in order to draw conclusions, had once only contained God in his, and reasoned to purity and holiness. And it began to dwarf and shrivel, and now man began to have thoughts that Satan interjected into his mind. And God comes down looking for his son and finds him beaten and whipped and deformed and robbed of his inheritance. But there was one thing that Satan could not put a claim on, and that was that predestinated seed gene of God that was resident within him inside of his soul. So in spite of all the claims the devil had on him, God has a claim on all of us as well. 
And you see, that, that seed gene of God was God's, those names that was in his book. So the book of title deed was now in question as to who owned it. And Satan had a claim on it because Adam had subjected himself to it. Uh, to Satan and, and become subservient to him. But yet God had a claim because he was the original owner. And he had the first claim. Amen. The, the earth was originally his. Right? Amen. You were originally his. I like to tell the devil, I never originally belonged to you. Amen. I wasn't yours to possess. I belong to God before a world was ever began. He chose me and him before the foundation of the world. And Satan's dirty hands could not take this book. So it went back in the hands of the original owner, which is God. Before the fall, man was a dual person. He was connected to the earth because he had a physical body. But he was connected to the heaven because he had a soul. And so there, in one, with one realm, he, he contacted and lived in heaven. And he operated and he brought heaven down through means of the faith in the word of God. He would bring heaven down to the earth. And he would control the natures of the animals. And there was a millennium as a lion would lay down like the lamb and, and would eat straw like the bullock. And, and there, there, was, there the great powers laid within him, as I said, to move things on earth from heaven's dominion. And, and so, but when this sin came in, there became a great chasm between God and man and their fellowship. But I want you to know that our God is a determined God. Amen. He doesn't give up easily. And he won't let the devil have the upper hand for long. Amen. But, but you see, if he has a son, he then will redeem that son. That son cannot be lost from him forever. That ought to give you some hope for your loved ones this morning. They can't be lost from him forever. Amen. So God was determined and said, I will not allow Satan to be victorious. This is my son, and I will redeem him. And in the very moment as he is sent out of the garden, and there they are, you know, whipped and defeated. And the only way they can have a conference with God is for there to be a death, a substitutionary death in their place. And a lamb or some animal had to die. And his skins now would be draped over them, a bloody skin, as they go out of the garden with their shoulders bent and weeping to one another as they walk out of the garden garden and God watching them as he goes as they go it all formed down into one great thing God's great love began to move within him and he said but I won't let you go alone I want you to get that point this morning I will not let you go alone but I'll go with you and I will be a seed in the, that'll come through the woman. And I will redeem you from what the serpent has done. And I'll bruise his head. 
Amen. I will bruise his head and he, and he will bruise my heel where I walk upon the earth in my humanity. So you, Adam, Adam, you've been robbed and cast into Satan's prison house. But you were born to be free. Amen. You are now in bondage to Satan. But I'll tell you what, I'm not going to allow this to happen. I will provide an attorney for you. Amen. Son, we're going to have a day in court. That's what you're seeing in Revelation 5 is a day in court. Amen. There is a throne. There is a king. There is an intercessor, a mediator, an attorney. Amen. There is a question document in in question. Amen. And and he says, we're going to have a day in court. Right now, the ownership of of man and earth is in question. But the judge will hold the question title in escrow until it is determined before the judgment throne as to who owns it. Now, escrow is money or property or deed or bond that's put into the the property or the custody of a third party for delivery to a grantee only until after the fulfillment of the conditions specified. And so in this case, the title deed was put in the custody of the judge for delivery to a man who was worthy. Notice it would have to be a man who was worthy, a man without sin. Now, as God, he had it. But now it's got to be transferred back to a man again. Because it was not God who lost the title, it's man who lost the title. Amen. And we got to bring man back to the condition from where he fell from. Amen. Because when he fell, all of the earth fell with him because he was the king of the earth. Animal life, vegetation, everything would fall with him. And the only way to bring that back to a millennium again is restore man back to his original condition. So the very purpose and plan of God is to take man who has fallen and put him back to the place before the fall. Are you with me? Amen. But, uh, but here he would show in Eden until I can come as a man and take that. Because I'm going to come a man. There will be a man who will be a serpent bruiser. Thy seed, the seed of the woman will bruise his head. There's going to be a seed that will come through the woman. Amen. Through the woman brings death. Through the woman brings life. And through this woman now, through, through, through Mary, will come a son. Amen. It will be the very body of Almighty God. God would create himself a body. Amen. Now God, as uh, you see, Jesus could not be his own father. Amen. So he would have to be a body created, formed of God. But it means that God couldn't be his own son. Amen. So God would create a body, a son. And this would be the title of it. It's a son. It's an offspring. It's a creation of God. And God would come and take on flesh. Amen. To become the intercessor, the attorney. Amen. The redeemer. Hallelujah. Amen. So here, as a down payment, he said, I'll tell you what we'll do. And he took and slew a lamb 
and he threw a bloody skin to Adam and said, cover yourself with this, for this is the first step of redemption. But this is going to be a process. But I promise you, I will redeem my son back to his original inheritance. And I've got some good news for you this morning. We are not back over here in the beginning where sin entered in and where man fell, but we're right here in the hour of redemption where there is a people to walk from back, amen, from mortal back to immortality. There they move from immortality to mortality, but we're not there anymore. We're right here at the end. Hallelujah, we're at the very place where there is a people that is promising the word to move from being mortal back to immortality. These disputed title now remains in the hands of God until a worthy man takes the book. But there isn't a man that is worthy. All is all man is unworthy. So we see the picture now. Now Jesus is not a lamb with seven horns and seven eyes. That is symbolic of him. He's not a woolly creature. Amen. I mean, or else we would, we'd show you a picture of a lamb with seven horns, seven eyes, and say, behold your God. Fall down and worship. We're not, we're not idol worshipers. This is symbolic. Amen. Of his redeeming work. So that we wouldn't get confused. Because if we'd, have seen, if we'd have seen one on the throne and another man over here, we would have thought there were two gods. But if the very one on the throne becomes a man. He creates himself a body. And the Father comes and dwells in the Son for the purpose of redemption. Hallelujah. Not another God, the same God. Moving right down through eternity to take on, amen, your afflictions, to go through your sorrows, to feel how you feel, to experience what you experience, so he can be a proper mediator and prove himself worthy and without sin, so he could take as a man, take the book back for a man. Oh, hallelujah, that makes me feel like speaking in tongues. Hallelujah, I just about lose words to express myself. But now, there's no man worthy. So God steps out of eternity to become a man in order to take the book. But once it's taken, it's still a book that is sealed. And it cannot be opened until the seals are removed. And the removing of its seals, now watch, are the giving of an abstract. Because the seals represent something that's keeping the book closed to man. And the inheritance being able to be open to them. Are you with me? So the removing of its seals are given an abstract of title. That means it's there, it requires a title search. And so it will give an abstract of title, which is a brief history of the, of the transfers of a piece of land 
including all the claims that could be made against it. So again, you know, there would be a search, a title search. And with this title search, going back and, and saying, seeing as it moved down from this one to this one to this one to this one, it would have to strike all the claims that were against it. And they would all have to be struck off and paid for. Amen. Like if you're going to go sell a piece of property and there's a lien on it. Amen. You may own the deed to it. Amen. But somebody else has got a claim on it. And we've got promises laying right here in the word. But there's a devil standing up there and saying, but he can't take it. He can't have it. He's not worthy. He can't have a rapture in this day. There are claims against him. There are claims against this church. There's a claim against the bride. And they've all got to be canceled. Everything that's kept a rapture from taking place has got to be dealt with. Hallelujah. And corrected. Amen. By the blood of the Lamb. And shown that now the title is free and clear. Hallelujah. So that's why we can see in Revelation 10 a transfer of the title. When John couldn't look at it, John wasn't worthy. John could not touch it. John could not take it. But now after the Lamb pays the price and he cancels the debt. Is somebody with me? Then John is told, go and take the little book out of the hand of the angel. Now the book is yours. Oh, I tell you, that's where I believe we're living. We're living in the day and the hour where the seals have been taken off the book. And God is commanding the people now, go take the little book out of the hand of the angel. Go and take your possession. You've got an abstract title. It's not a closed book anymore. It's an open book. Every claim against it is struck off. Now, the book is the title. The opening of the seals will give the abstract of title, showing that all the claims against it are struck off. So before the book of title can be opened by the lambs, the seals have to be removed. And so there had to be a title search. So the lamb will work through his agent. Are you with me? Amen. Because he'll tear the seals off and hand it down to the seventh angel on earth. Where do you get that, Brother Tim? Revelation 10, 7. Just put it up there for our observation. Amen. That in the days of the voice of his sound in the midst of God will be finished. Amen. The seals would be opened. The thunders would be revealed. The voice would speak out, giving us the revelation of the mysteries that were only in symbol form. Hallelujah. Exactly, exactly parallel the days of Daniel, where you have written there 
and unknown tongue symbols. Many, many tickle your farsi. But there comes a time where a prophet comes on the scene after everybody else has guessed about it. Theologians have guessed about it. Man, I wrote books about it. Hallelujah. But in this day, God doesn't send another theologian. But God sends a prophet. And that prophet has the word of God. And he looks at the symbols and he says, this is what they are. Daniel would say, many, many tickle your forces and give the interpretation. Hallelujah. And that's what God did for us in this day and hour. Amen. There was a white horse and the rider, and we didn't know who it was. And a red horse, and we didn't know who it was. And a black, and we didn't know what it meant. And a pale horse, and souls under the altar. And on and on and on and on you go. And in days gone by, men guessed about it. But we're no longer guessing. We have a vindicated word by a vindicated prophet with a vindicated voice, with a vindicated message. Hallelujah. It's the amen of God. So the agent on earth starts all the way back in Ephesus. And he does a title search all the way to Laodicea, looking for all the claims that Satan had against the church. The first organization that rose, the Nicolaitan spirit, there at Rome, and the trinity of three gods. Trinity is not even in the Bible. Amen. A false baptism. A father, son, and Holy Ghost. That's a false baptism. There's only one name given under heaven whereby men must be saved. Amen. There's only one in his name is remission of sins. If you want sins remitted, it must be. You must be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Nobody in all the Bible was ever baptized any other way until theologians come along and messed with the deed and put a claim against it. But I want you to this, know in this day, friends, I mean, we got a clear deed. All the things down to the ages that man is tacked on and the Antichrist spirit of the white, the red, the black, the, the pale horse rider would put their seal and close the book. Now it is not a closed book anymore. It is an open book. And the land is yours. Not only have you got a deed now, but you got an abstract to the deed. And you can read clearly in the word what is yours and possess it. Now, the land is yours. The covenant is the deed to it. But the enemy that possesses it and his claims against you must be struck off. Somebody with me now. Now this, and we're just going to just turn just a little bit here, so catch me as we make this little junction. This is true of Israel. Now remember, they are our type. We are the antitype. We're not typing them, they're typing us. They were foreshadowing us. So God would use Israel to show what he would do in his people. Is that right? 
And so the land is yours, of course, and the covenant is the, is the deed to, to it. But the enemy possessed it like Israel. They were given a covenant. They were given the rights. They were given the title to the land on Mount Sinai. Can I stop here just for a minute? Amen, because really Mount Sinai was 50 days after the Passover. It was the first Pentecost. It is here that the Jews will tell you, they, they, they say God made a covenant with Israel, therefore he married her. It was seven weeks after they had left the land of promise and after the Passover. And then, then they would have this jubilee, which was the given of the rights, the title to the land on Mount Sinai. And there are seven nations. I would like you to look here in Deuteronomy 7, 1. And when the Lord thy God shall bring thee into the land, whither thou goest to possess it, and has cast out many nations before thee, the Hittites, the Gergesites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, seven nations greater and mightier than thou. So I want you to notice now the land is possessed by seven nations. Ours, the history of the title has come through seven church ages. Each one of them with a claim on the land. All of these nations were claiming the land. We have been there longer than you. We are the first church. Our, our pope was the first pope, Peter. On and on and on. They have their claims. It goes on many, many years. Seven church ages. And they have had claims on the land, and they are there on the land. But there comes a time where God says, he says, I am going to dispossess you. Amen. I am going to dispossess everything except my royal seed. I've let others camp on this land, and through the ages, there have been Baptists, there have been Methodists, there have been Presbyterians, there have been Catholics, and in their time, they, you know, God winked at their ignorance, and he saved them even under their times of, of confusion, because God is a God rich in mercy. But there comes a time where God says, you've got to now come to this word. Because I'm going to dispossess out of this land everything except those names who are in the Lamb's book of life. That royal seed of Abraham. Numbers 33, 53. And ye shall dispossess the inhabitants of the land and dwell therein. For I have given you the land to possess it. So God would tell them, I give you the land. Now listen. But you've got to go clear it. You have the deed to it. But there's got to be a clearing of the deed. There's got to be removal of the claims of these other nations on the land. But I'm giving you the whole land. 
and it's yours to possess, but you're going to have to dispossess them. But you're not going to do this by yourself. And you're not going to do this by your own power. Hallelujah. Exodus 23, 20. Behold, I sent an angel before thee. You're not going alone. Hallelujah. There's going to be a mighty angel. Hallelujah. A mighty angel that's going to descend. And this mighty angel will go before thee to keep thee in the way. Others have strayed. Others have missed the mark. Others have fell short of the goal. Others have missed the rapture, but not your age. You are predestinated not to fall because I am sending an angel before thee to keep thee in the way. Hallelujah. And not only will I keep you in the way, but I'm going to bring you. I'm going to bring you. I'm going to gather you. I'm going to pull you out of every denomination. I'm going to take you right out of Egypt. I'm going to take you out of Satan's slavery. I'm going to bring you into this land of promise. Hallelujah. I'm going to bring you into the place which I have prepared, a prepared place. God has a prepared place and a prepared position for us here in this last day. Now look, in verse 21, my name is in him. So therefore, there has to be a revelation of his name. Amen. And then not only is there people who who have the revelation of that name, but they have the authority and the permission to use that name. That just went over you like a... Just... I said that not only would he give give you his name, my name is in him but also he would give you the authority to use that name. In my name, you will cast out devils. Whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. Whatever you bind on earth, I'll bind it in heaven. What you loose on earth, I'll loose in heaven. Whatsoever you ask in my name, I'm talking to spoken word people. I'm talking to third pool believers. I'm talking about people there who know their God and shout to exploits. Hallelujah. And I will be an enemy unto thine enemies and an adversary unto thine adversary. Now, you know, I want to go back to verse 21. And I'm going to read two parts of it. Beware of him, obey his voice, provoke him not, for he will not pardon your transgressions. Verse 22, listen to this other. But if thou shalt indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak. Now then, you know, many of us right there, our heart just dropped. Because we know that humanly speaking, it's impossible to do this. But the deal of the new covenant is different from the old covenant. Because in the new covenant, he says, I'll put a new heart and a new spirit in you. I'll give you a new desire and a desire to do right. 
But I'm going to do more than that for you in the new covenant. I'm going to put my spirit in you. And I will cause you to walk in my statutes and do them. And you shall keep my judgments and statutes. Not by your own power, but by the power of the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. Therefore, I want you to know it's a given. You're going to obey his voice. Hallelujah. Amen. Look at verse 21 again. It is a given. Are you with me now? It is a given. Verse 21, please. Amen. Beware of him. Obey his voice. Provoke him not. He will not pardon your transgression. It's a given. He's going to pardon every transgression, every mistake you made. Amen. It's a given. You're going to obey his voice. Hallelujah. And you don't have to be afraid of him because in this covenant, it ain't you doing it anymore. It's your God going in you and he's overcoming every devil. He's given the victory in your life. Hallelujah. And you try to do what is right and your mistakes are covered in the blood of Jesus. I'm talking to people who can't lose. You can't help but win. My name is in him. I will be an enemy to your enemies. Amen. And an adversary to your adversaries. For mine angels shall go before thee. Oh, hallelujah. And if God be for us, who can be against us? Hallelujah, my angels shall go before thee, and I'll bring you unto the Amorites, Hittites, uh, the Hittites, Perizzites, Canaanites, Hivites, Jebusites, and I will cut them off. Amen. And ye shall serve the Lord your God, and he shall bless thy bread and thy water. Oh, and I love this one right here. And I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What was the angel? The angel that is present. The angel that's loose the seals. The angel that claimed the book. Come on. The mighty angel, as, as redeemer, he did it, but as messenger of his own covenant, he comes down in Revelation 10 1. The mighty angel. Not no weak angel, the mighty angel. Amen. And he says, you will serve the Lord. Amen. And he shall bless thy bread. Amen. Get ready. I'm I'm just going to tell you, get ready to be blessed. Come on. Amen. Louisiana. Let me tell you, you're last in the nation. Louisiana, you're not blessed by the Trump economy. You didn't get on Trumps, but we got another Trump. We got a greater Trump. Amen. It's not dumb Trump. It's the Trump of the Lord. And the Trump of the Lord said, he will bless thy bread. Hallelujah. And thy water. Brother George, are you listening to me? He will bless your bread. He will bless your water. Amen. And I will take sickness from away from thee in the midst of thee. Hallelujah. This is in the covenant. This is the promise of the mighty angel. This is the promise of the abstract holder. I will do this. Amen. 
There shall nothing cast their young nor be barren in thy land. The number of thy days I will fulfill. And if the devil is trying to take you prematurely, you hear me, Brother Ron? Amen. He says right here, amen, the number of thy days I will fulfill. Amen. I don't care what kind of death sentence the devil has put on your life this morning, but he said, I will take sickness away from thee, and the number of thy days thou shalt fulfill. How am I going to do this? I will send my fear before you. Amen. I will destroy all the people to whom thou come. Now remember, these people are demons. They are representing devil possessions. And I will make all thine enemies, every devil, turn their back unto thee. Listen now. I'm going to, I'm going to make the enemy. You're going to submit yourself to God, and you're going to resist the devil. And it's, the one, it's him that's going to be fleeing from you. Hallelujah. There's going to be a bunch of knife points in his back, a bunch of arrows in his back, a bunch of spears in his back. There won't be none in the front because he's running. Hallelujah. Amen. I, can, I tell you, I feel like Brother Branham said that time. He said, I can already see the devil. His red lights, his tail lights are seen going over the hill. He's leaving this place right now. That's the way I feel this morning because he said, I'll send my fear. My fear before thee. I will destroy every devil to whom thou shalt come, and I will make all of thy enemies turn their back unto thee. And I will send hornets. They may not look real big, they may look like little signs. They may be just look like little promises, but I, they may be seem like little insignificant dreams. They may seem just like little insignificant songs, but I'm going to send my hornets before thee, which shall drive out the Hivite and the Canaanite and the Hittite from before thee. But I won't drive them out in one year, but let the land become desolate and the beasts of the field multiply against thee. But by little and little... I will drive them out. You can testify that in your life. Amen. You overcame pornography. You overcome drunkenness. You overcome drugs. You overcome alcohol. You overcome this devil and that devil and another devil. Come on. And by little and by little. You say, Brother Tim, it didn't happen to me all at once. That's all right. By little and by little, I'll drive them out. But I'm going to drive them out. Amen. And if there's one left, we're going to drive it out. And if there's one enemy standing, we're going to drive him out. Hallelujah. But we'll drive him out of our children. We'll drive him out of our church. We'll drive him out of our lives. We'll drive him out of our worship. Amen. We will overcome. You will drive them out until you're increased. Amen. You ought to thank God this morning for the increase. Amen. And shall inherit the land. Ever promise. Ever promise. Don't make no covenant with them. Amen. Don't agree to let one of them stay. Don't make no deals with the devil. 
Amen. But you, you know, you, well, I'll tell you what, you can just let my family, they can just be church and not bride, not me. Amen. We're on our way to Canaan's land, and I ain't happy with this part of it. Amen. I'm going to have all of it until I've increased, until I inherit the land. I will set thy bounds from the Red Sea even to the Sea of the Philistines and from the desert unto the river and I will drive, amen, I will deliver, uh, let's see where we're at, verse 31, I will deliver the inhabitants of the land into your hand and thou shalt drive them out before thee. Thou shalt make no covenant with them nor with their gods. Amen. They shall not dwell in their land, lest they make thee sin against thee. For if they serve thy God, it shall but surely be a snare to you. Amen. Deuteronomy 7 verse 1. Let's watch now. As he tell them, you've got to have an abstract. There's got to be a clearing of the enemy. When the Lord thy God shall bring thee into the land, whither thou goest to possess it, and hath cast out many nations before thee, the Hittites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, seven nations greater and mightier than thou. Amen. And when the Lord thy God shall deliver them before thee, thou shalt smite them and utterly destroy them. And thou shalt make no covenant with them, nor show mercy unto them. Devil, we are not here to show any mercy. We will torment you until we leave here. We're showing no devil, no mercy. Verse 6, for thou art a holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be a special people to himself. Above all people that are upon the face of the earth. Oh, people want to say, you know, get on to us sometime and say, Brother Tim, y'all, y'all act like y'all are some special people. Well, I didn't do that. God did that. God said, come on, you're a holy people unto the Lord. Amen. The Lord has chosen me to be a special people. Hallelujah unto himself. Above all people that are upon the face of the earth. Oh, hallelujah. The Lord did not set his love upon you, nor choose you because you were more in number than any people, for you were the fewest of all people. But because the Lord loves you. Somebody ought to shout it right there. Because the Lord loves you. Hallelujah. You're the apple of my eye. And you can't touch my people without touching my eye. Hallelujah. Amen. No, sir. And when you do, there's going to be a reaction out of me. Hallelujah. Amen. Touch your eyes. You push that away. Amen. You touch God's eye. Amen. He right there. He, he deals with it. Don't you touch my people. Touch not mine anointed and do my prophets no harm. Amen. For their sake, he has rebuked kingdoms. Come on. And kings for their sake. Are you with me? 
Amen. Here's the word of the Lord right now. Amen. Touch not mine anointed. Oh, Brother Jim, he better not touch the ministry. Amen. But, brother, he better not touch you because you too are the anointed of the Lord. Touch not mine anointed and do my prophets no harm because I rebuke kings for their sake. Amen. The Lord rebuke you, Satan. Amen. The Lord who, who called Zion rebuke you. Amen. Because the Lord loved you, because he, he, he would keep the oath, the oath which he has sworn unto your fathers. If you remember Revelation 10, God gives his final oath. Amen. He swears by him that liveth forever and ever that there will be no more delay. Come on. There should be time no more. There, that there will be no more delay of the promises being fulfilled. Aren't you glad to be living in the day where he's not delaying it any longer? But he said, there will be no more delay. I'm going to finish the work that I started. Amen. I started back over here in Eden. I'm going to finish it right up here, right at the end of this Laodicean age. Is somebody with me? Amen. Why? Because I'm going to keep the oath. Give me Revelation 10, 6. I just want to go back over this again. Because this, this is his last oath to his bride. He swears by him that liveth forever and ever. He swears by himself. Who created heaven and the things that they're in are the earth. And the things that there are there, therein are. And the sea and the things which, which are therein. That there should be time no longer. And what he's saying is, don't throw your wristwatch away. Don't take the, the, the clock off the wall. Don't, don't take your calendar down. That's not what he's saying. He is saying, I will no longer hold back the fulfillment of this word. The angel, listen, the iniquity of the Amorites are, are full. The cup of iniquity is running over. This is why God would dispossess them. He, he would give them even opportunity in the times of Abraham to repent. They could see the righteousness of God. But they continue right on their evil way. Amen. Until the cup of the iniquity of the Amorites were full. And we're here in the day and the hour where sin has heaped up to its height. And the cup of iniquity is now full. Amen. And in that time, God says, okay, it is now full. It is now my time to pour out the judgment. And I'm going to start pouring it out by bringing the people into the land and dispossessing every devil who has stood on every promise down to the ages and tried to keep God's people off of it. I'm going to dispossess them. So that every promise in this word is going to be yours. Hallelujah. And why is it? Because the Lord loved you. And because he would keep the oath that he has sworn unto your fathers. That the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you out of the house of bondsmen from the hand of Pharaoh. Because he loved you. Because he chose you before the foundation of the world. I love it. He didn't choose you because you were perfect. He chose you to be perfect. Hallelujah. 
This was his choice. Amen. You weren't perfect, but he chose you to be perfect. Amen. Did you know when God, God chooses something, he can never change his mind about it? So if he's chosen you, he can never change his mind about you. He can never dischoose you, if that's the word, unchoose you. He can never do that. He can't go back on his word. He can't change his mind about his word. So therefore, even in your failure, when because you are chosen, somebody with me? And even in your failure, he won't leave you in the failure. He will begin to work on you by the power of his Holy Spirit till he purges that sin out of your life and raises you up and calls you to walk in his promise. Because he's not going to leave one of you behind. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm preaching this morning. No bride left behind. None of us left behind. No child left behind. No promise of ours left behind. Every promise. Somebody get ready for it. Amen. I'm speaking light to you this morning. Get ready for that. Amen. Say, Lord, I'll take it for my house, for my family, for my children, for my loved ones. Know ye therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God. And the faithful God. This is what he said to the Laodicean age. He said, I'm the faithful God. I'm the faithful and true witness. Is that right? Which keepeth covenant. I keep my covenant. Even when you fail to keep your part of the bargain. I keep it. Amen. And mercy with them that love him. And keep his commandments to a thousand generations. Hallelujah. And so in in verse 12, the Lord thy God shall keep unto thee the covenant and the mercy which he swear unto thy fathers. And he will love thee and bless thee and multiply thee. And he will also bless the fruit of thy womb and the fruit of thy land, thy corn, thy wine, thy oil, and the increase of thy kind as cattle and the, and the flocks of thy sheep and the lamb which he swear unto thy fathers to give them. Thou shalt be blessed above all people. And there shall not be a male or female barren among you. Take that devil. Among you or among your cattle. Amen. Even the church ain't going to be barren. Because the church will be bringing forth life. Hallelujah. Holy Ghost, tongue speaking, Acts 2, 38, screaming youngins. Hallelujah. On fire for God. A people that knows their God. Who does exploits. Hallelujah. Oh, my. You say, Brother Tim, ain't there a New Testament scripture? For it's 2 Peter 1 and 8. For these things be in you and abound, they shall make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Verse 15. The Lord will take away from thee all sickness. Hallelujah. The Lord will take away from thee all sickness 
and will put none of these evil diseases of Egypt which thou knowest upon thee, but will lay them upon all of them, them that hate thee. Hallelujah. Now let's just get something straight here. Amen. It isn't. It isn't that your body's uncorruptible and the devil don't bring diseases. You know, people get a problem, they get a cancer, they get a Well, what did you do? Well, you just were human. That's all. You didn't have to do nothing to get disease. You've bound to have been living pretty bad for the devil to buffet you time after time. Yeah, it has nothing to do with that. It has something to do with being human. It grows thistles and thorns. But get this. Now, this is where I want to, I'm pinning it down on you. He said, the Lord will put none of these evil diseases of Egypt on you. So notice he didn't say you wouldn't get a disease. He said, I won't do this. Hallelujah. The Lord will not put disease on you. Take it from the Bible. The Lord will not put disease on you. So if the a disease can comes on you, it ain't the Lord, it's the devil. Amen. And we as believers have got a right to cast him out. Because we have been commissioned, cast out Satan. In my name, I will put none of these. I won't be the one guilty. If you get a disease, I didn't do it. This is not from the Lord. Amen. I want you to look at your illness, your problem, the situation, and say, it's not from the Lord, Satan. You can quit lying to me this day. It is not from the Lord. Because as long as Job thought that it was his God doing to this, to him he, he was defeated. Amen. But when he realized God did not put that upon him, Satan had done it. Hallelujah. And if Satan done it, God had taken it off. Touch not mine anointed. Do my prophets no harm. Hallelujah. Amen. I will put none of these evil diseases. I will lay them upon all them that hate thee. I'm going to put, the, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put devils on other devils. Tormentors to torment others. Thou shalt consume all the people which the Lord thy God shall deliver thee. Thine eye shall have no pity upon them. Neither shall they serve, thou serve thy, their gods. Come on. For they, they will be a snare to thee. And if thou say in thine heart, these nations are more than I, how can I dispossess them? Now here it is. If, y'all, if you just have this little question, these are bigger than me. This problem's bigger than me. This is a Goliath. I'm a nothing. Well, first of all, you should never say you're nothing. When God's made you something, listen, you're not... Are you with me? You're not just a nobody. You're not just a somebody. You are the body. The body he has set his love upon. 
Satan, if you say in your heart, these nations are more than I, how can I dispossess them? Look, verse 18. Go back and remember, thou shalt not be afraid of them, but shall well remember. Oh, we go back to our memory bank. Hallelujah. We can go all the way back, amen, to Abraham. We can go right down to Moses. We can go right down to the Bible. We can go right down to Jesus' day. We can come right down to Brother Branham's day. We can remember and remind ourselves, but we can also remind ourselves of what he's been doing in our midst. Come on. Some people get a little critical. Brother Tim, why do you keep bringing this up? You know what the Lord's been doing among you. I am reminding you. He was there in that situation. He was there, restored the glory to Moriah. He was there, restored the health to, to Sister Lana. He was there, removed the brain bleed. He was there and made the cripples walk. He was there and made the eyes to see. He was there and made kidneys. He's been there all the time. You should not be afraid of them, but thou shalt remember what the Lord thy God did to Pharaoh and all of Egypt. I want you to remember, I plagued them. I poured out heaven and I plagued them time after time after time until the devil said, get out. Let them go. I'm going to tell you right now, you're holding a member of the bride of Christ. I don't care if they're saved or unsaved. Amen. Well, amen. There's hornets going after you. Amen. There's a Lord who plagued Pharaoh, and he's sending out heaven on your behalf. Amen. With, with attack after attack after attack after attack. And I don't care how stubborn that devil has been to hold you. You say, I've been believing. I've been believing. I've been holding on for years. I don't care how long you've been holding on. The devil is getting attack after attack after attack after attack. Hallelujah. It ain't going to be no time till he says, go on, take your health. Go on, walk on out. Go on, have your victory. Go on. Amen. I, I am defeated. I want you no more. You have, I have no use for you in my kingdom. I don't want you here in my land anymore. Take your children, your cattle, take it all. Go out. Hallelujah. For there's a mighty angel that is here, a mighty angel, a mighty anointing to throw out that demon power. The great temptations which thine eyes saw, the signs, the wonders, the mighty hand, the outstretched arm, whereby the Lord thy God brought thee out, so shall thy God do unto all the people whom thou art afraid. You're afraid? This is what your God's going to do to that one you're afraid of. Moreover, the Lord thy God will send hornet among them until they are left and hide themselves from thee and be destroyed. Thou shalt not be affrighted at them. The Lord thy God is among you a God, a mighty God, and terrible. 
Now this word terrible is awesome. Amen. He's a mighty God and an awesome God. And the Lord thy God will put out those nations before thee by little by little, and that they may not consume them at once, but lest the beasts of the field increase upon thee. Amen. So one service, we got rid of one devil. This service, we'll take another. Amen. One service, we had cancer healing and cancer's left. This service, we'll have diabetes leave. Hallelujah. We'll do it until every divine promise is ours, until every one of the children of God are free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But the Lord thy God shall deliver them unto thee, and thou shalt destroy them with a mighty destruction (coughs) until they be destroyed. And he shall deliver their kings. Uh Uh-huh, big devils. Ruling devils. So when you get the king, you get everything under him. Amen, into thine hand. And thou shalt destroy their name from under heaven. There shall be no devil be able to stand before thee until thou hast destroyed them. Now I've given you the land. You got the deed in your hands. You got every divine promise. You got devils that are wanting to camp right down on them and say, you can't have it. But it's up to you. You are the inheritance of a title. Go take your inheritance. Hallelujah. Go take your inheritance. You receive the word of promise. But every claim against it must be struck off. See, you have more than a deed. Amen. But you see, you, anybody can pick up a Bible and say, I've got a title and these promises are mine. But you also have the Holy Spirit, which is the abstract of title. He's the one who clears the deed and gives you the seal that it's yours. Amen. Are you a, a Holy Ghost filled believer this morning? Then every promise in the Bible is yours. You've got an abstract to the title. Then go tell the devil to leave. Amen. For you're more than a conqueror. He come in your house. He's a squatter on your land. He's had adverse possession for a long time maybe. Come on. Amen. He's been, he's been there attacking you, tormenting you. He's there by adverse possession. Your body don't belong to him. It was redeemed by Jesus. You are the redeemed property of the Lord. Let me just say it before we leave from here. Every diabetes is going to be gone. Every cancer is going to be healed. Every nervous problem is going to be gone. Every sickness is going to be gone. Before we leave from here, we might as well start today and say, by little and by little, I'll take another promise. I'll take another promise. I'll take that promise today for the promise to you and to see your children and for them that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Amen. Turn the Holy Ghost loose. Amen. Awake Jesus in your life. He is there, the mighty conqueror, the mighty angel. Let's stand together as we worship the Lord. Hallelujah. Won't you just give him a hand clap of praise this morning?
He's the giver of the abstract. Amen. He'll clear the deed. Amen. He's here to clear out the sickness from your body. He's here to heal you of every disease. Amen. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. That asthma has no right to hold you. Jesus paid the, the price for you. Amen. Lay your hands on him right now. Your, yeah, your wife, lay your hands on him right now. Brother James, slip right over there. Some of you others, brothers, let's, let's bind this thing in the name of Jesus. It's time we have victory. We'll start with this one. Are you ready for the victory? Amen. Are you ready for our brother to walk in freedom? Let's walk in freedom right now in the name of Jesus Christ. We do what the Word of God said and we speak to this demon that's tormented our brother and commanded to go now as we take authority over it in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now just breathe in real deep. Let the Holy Spirit fill those lungs. Walk right there in that promise. Amen. How many more want to believe with him? How many want to rejoice with him? We take AI, amen, we'll take Jericho. We take Jericho, we'll take another. We take until every land of promise is ours in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. What a wonderful word. What a word, a wonderful promise. You love him this morning. Amen and amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Brother Timothy, sing that song. I bowed my knees and cried holy. Let's just worship him. Let's worship him for a moment. You see that slam? Oh, think about it now. Amen. And all of heaven heard me saying, Blessing and glory and honor be to him that was slain. Oh, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, let's sing it now from the depths of our hearts. I bowed on my knees. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, yes, he's holy. Yes, he's holy. Yes, he's holy. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You don't have to have another night with the frog. Just claim it for yourself right now. Amen.